available in more homes than the Pac-12 Network. We are the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online. And here he goes, Miles Jack! And I'm Ryan Abraham from USCFootball.com. Liner, gonna try to sneak it ahead. Touchdown, SC! We are the Podcast of Champions. Welcome everyone back to the Podcast of Champions. I'm David Woods from Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm Ryan Abraham from uscfootball.com, the USC site on the 24-7 Sports Network. Or is this KJAZ <laughs> late night? <laughs> Yeah, wherever I was, but together we make the podcast of champions talking all things Pac 12 football. Welcome live. We are cybercasting, which Dave likes to say on our YouTube channel over the podcast of champions. We're inching our way up to those thousand subscribers. So we got to get over the top. So smash that like button, smash the subscribe button, tell your friends that are Pac 12 fans, as long as the Pac 12 survives, we should be listening to the show, watching the show. We need to do it, we need to get in there. Tell your friends, tell your family, tell the people you have trapped in your basement. Yes. Listen to the show. Watch it on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube. I don't know why I'm talking like that. Yeah, give your basement prisoners little iPads and let them watch yep. the show. Perfect. Yep. And and review. You got to give us a review. So If the people that you have buried in your floorboards have Google accounts, you can use them. It's not fraud, I'm sure. Right. But you also want the Apple the Apple account cuz you want to subscribe on Correct. the Apple podcasting app. Yeah, but I want I want subscribe on here too on the YouTube. True, so we got to do all that. If you've got one account right now, I think we want to prioritize the YouTube. Correct? Yeah, pri- let's if, do it. Yeah. If if the people in your floorboards, if you can only access for whatever reason one of their accounts, Google is priority right now. Yeah, I would say so. Um, we got to give shout out to uh, Cameron who says he's already smashed the like button, so we appreciate that. Um, yeah, well, we got a great show for you today. That's not true. Okay, that's let's a, not lie to him. That's that's probably not truth true. Truth in advertising, we we're here. Yeah, I we had have some, we have a show for you today. We're coming off Super Bowl weekend. I just got back from Vegas, um, so you know, I think my hung, hangover is finally gone. Uh, Dave, there was a fan girl like my friend Tenny, big Damn. fan of David Woods. Um, so she tried to get him to follow her on Twitter. He didn't do it. So you know, whatever. <laughs> so you know. Just ruined my friendship. That's fine, uh, but we had a lot, lot of uh, football talk over in uh, in, uh, in Las Vegas, which was was a good time. If you have any questions or comments for the show, you can email us pac12podcast at gmail.com. You can also call or text us at four two four five three two zero six seven eight, or you can tweet us at pac12podcast. And the website is pac12podcast.com, where you put all the content up. At least I do. David, I think he knows it exists, but uh, you know, I'm not sure if he could tell you where it is. You can also find it over on Reddit, reddit.com slash r slash podcast of champions. Did you do anything fun for Super Bowl, David? I didn't watch a minute. Really? You didn't watch the Super Bowl? Not a minute. You, you Not know, because I'm cool, because I was doing stuff with my kids, and they don't give two shits about football. Yeah. Um, uh, we do have some new reviews, though. Oh, we do? Yeah. Real, hey, real quick. So, Tenny, we're, we're like, I said, I'll tell Tenny, hey, let's do, we did a selfie, and she tweeted at you with a selfie. I retweeted it through the podcast of champions. 
Twitter. And she's like, I don't want to bother him. He's probably watching the game. I'm like, no, he's probably not watching the game. No. And you weren't. So no. I, definitely, I, I called I definitely, that right. Definitely was not watching any of the Super Bowl. All right. We have a few new reviews. This one is from big underscore smooth 27. It's a five-star review. Subject line, the best mediocre Pac-12 podcast out there. The hosts, Dave and Ryan, are great, but this is the, but this podcast isn't for everyone. If you are looking for well-researched Pac-12 analysis by two L.A. school homers, sorry, this ain't it, buddy. However, if you like dead air as the fellows look something up mid-conversation, being bribed, guilted into writing a five-star review, and hearing 20-plus examples of Carl Durrell proving the Peter Principle, what is wrong with you? For the sickos out there, this is your Pac-12 football podcast. Finally, and most importantly, I, a host of the POC, agree that the music preceding the commercial breaks is trash. I also solemnly swear to change said music within the next two weeks to something that doesn't sound like it's from an ad for a monster truck and NASCAR weekend extravaganza. Appreciate the mediocre effort, guys. Go Huskies. That's a good one. We have another one. This is from Jay Green Williams, a five-star review. Subject line, vast improvement. That doesn't seem likely. Uh, Very good podcast. I previously rated them a four-star because David would ramble on about his left-leaning politics. Wow. He stopped doing that, and what do you know? They talk only about football now and provide the best source of Pac-12 commentary out there. Nice improvement, guys. Jay Green Williams, do you know what you have just guaranteed? Do you know the Pandora's (laughs) box that you have just opened, my good friend? I will be doing like a long soliloquy about Eugene V. Debs within the next month. Get ready. <laughs> um, and then we got another one from Kenny Abbott. Wow. Definitely a podcast. A yeah, definitely a podcast about the Pac-12. An insightful, hilarious, and overall enjoyable podcast for all things Pac-12. As an Arizona alum with a dad who went to UCLA and a brother who went to Oregon, I can't get enough of Pac-12 coverage, and this podcast is an excellent and hilarious source to turn to. Keep up the great work, guys. Wow. There wasn't anything... That was not snark. Was there snark? Was there sarcasm anywhere in that review? No, that was just genuine and sweet. Wow, that's Jeez. really nice. Okay. Look at us. I'm kind of uncomfortable now. Really are. Um, oh, by the way. Hopefully I made you uncomfortable. Happy fun. Valentine's Day, everybody. This I got from Ryan. That was my Valentine. That, Isn't that sweet? My apologies. I did the bit twice in a row because I did the USC podcast. So I gave Chris one of the same donuts. Yeah, but, but I have a stale one. Yeah, well, it was just from this morning. That's, I got that's it. Happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, it's very nice. Thank Only you. the Happy slimiest lowlife of a husband would forget you on Valentine's Day. Mm, so I got a few drops for you. My new board, I could like... So if you guys have drops ideas, I can put drops in there easy. He's so excited about this, guys. I, I literally bought a used iPad from a Manhattan Beach mom whose kid like broke the screen, but I don't care. I just needed to like use my board. And uh, it's, been, it's been fun. But I got to get some good sounds. So I got a lot of interesting, a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah, we need to have some more malaprops that we uh, I have, put into a, a drop. So I do. Uh, so I so I have a bunch of drops that I used uh, before, but I have some fun ones like marijuana is bad, like stuff from uh, South Park, or respect my authority. So we got. Is think it of, just nothing but things from South Park? No, I have other stuff. Jeez, I'm an idiot. <laughs> great. Oh, groovy, baby. This is great podcasting. Everyone is enjoying it. <laughs> so, I mean, but I don't know when to use these. <laughs> the, the job is pretty good. <laughs> so I have to figure out, like, when to use a bunch of them and stuff. So. Um, you should do the job when I do a joke that doesn't quite land. Yeah. So, like, it'll be 17 times an episode. Nice. Uh, wait, where is it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Good. That was the dead air. 
That was the, I was just trying to figure all that stuff out. So yeah, we hadn't done a show for a couple of weeks. So we have a few questions. I know we have a voicemail. We're usually so regular. We, we kind of are. Um, it's, I think, I think Equity Bruin tweeted something about like, I mean, we literally missed one week and he's like tweeting about whatever. They don't talk about football anymore. So your podcast is essentially dead for like months. So, I mean, I don't know. That's what you're true. Talking. Us missing a week is not a big deal. Equity Bruin. Come on. Um, there's like this basketball thing going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Holy crap. I still might go to the Pac-12 basketball tournament. I'm not. You're not going to go at all. Huh? Yeah. Man. We had such a good time. We had a great time. You should go. One and done. I'm going for the first round. I told you that, I think. for the. You're going to Vegas three times in about a month. Yeah. Probably probably a little much. Yeah, it's probably too much. I might not do the Pac-12 tournament. If you're not going to go, it's like it's not going to be the same. Like, well, that, also, that was sort of like the also bit. USC is like borderline not good this year, and they may or may not make the NCAA tournament. So yeah, they're on the bubble. Yeah, are they going to do it? Will they be top four though? Will they get a buy right now? No, I don't think so. so I, don't, they, I don't think. Well, let me see. Let me see. I'm talking out of my butt right now. All right, so right now it's UCLA and Arizona are more or less guaranteed, and then it's Utah that's in pretty good position. Okay, and then there's a whole lot of USC, Oregon, ASU that got to be sorted out. Gotcha. Um, Oregon has probably the best closing slate left. They've got a bunch of weak teams they have to play. So, if I had to guess, I'd go UCLA, Arizona, Utah, Oregon. We'll end up with the buys. Yeah. All right. Well, there's your basketball minute. We don't really need to talk about that anymore. It's just I'll talk about it when I get to go to Vegas. Like that's why I would talk about some. Basketball. I mean, you want to talk about basketball? I can talk about basketball. We're not doing. I can talk about, about UCLA basketball. We're not talking about. Didn't the USC beat UCLA basketball? Doesn't like, matter. If, <laughs> who gives a shit? It's just SC. Uh, all right, we got some stuff. I think. I mean, we could say it's uh, breaking news. We got a statement. I read this statement. A joint statement. Like so when it comes to statements, you've got to love a joint statement. Joint statement, especially when it's signed by no one and comes from the league office. It yeah, but it's a joint statement. That it's trumps, a joint statement that trumps all other statements. It's a statement made jointly. There are more than one person that agree with said statement. Correct. Correct. This one, it's not a ligament statement. It's a joint statement. Mm. It's broader. It was from it the uh, more. the board members, right? Not the commissioner. The ten, the ten board members. The ten, because two of them are uh, excluded. For I don't know why. I'm not sure exactly why. There's some maybe because they're leaving or something. Right. Whatever. They, they're, you know, it seems like petty. But correct. This isn't from Kamish uh, George Klyovkov. Do I have it? I need the Kle- the Klyoshnikov sound. This Where? is more of the dead air. Yeah, I'm like I'm still trying to figure out like all the. Uh, I thought I had the clash of the cuffs on somewhere. Um, yeah, so the statement, uh, a lot of words. They were like, you're highly confident, positive. Would you like me to read it? United. Would you like to? Go ahead. Yeah. The 10 Pac-12 universities look forward to consummating. Consummating is a gross word. It, Don't use consummating here. Uh, successful media rights deals. It's like moist. In the very near future. Based upon positive conversations with multiple potential media rights partners over the past weeks, we remain highly confident in our future growth and success as a conference and united in our commitment to one another. (laughs) It sounded like uh, one of the Saturday Night Live guys at the end. I wasn't sure. Uh, what so what's being said here is uh, we're giving we're giving George Klyavkov a little bit more time to figure this out because none of us have any real options right now. Mm. 
That's your that's your take on this. That's the read. And I think it's only a little bit more time. Like I think that they're basically signaling here, hey, no, we, we totally have a united front. Don't don't try to leverage us against each other in any kind of media rights negotiations. We're totally united. This is us. Woohoo. Yeah. Because I think I think George is probably asking them, hey, I need to present, you know, United Front. We need to get the best possible deal. And the only way we're going to do that is if we give them some kind of indication that we're sticking together. So this is like a, a self-vote of confidence is what you're saying. I think so. And I think the idea is, okay, well, let's see if we can hammer something out in the next couple of months that's going to be at least $25 million a year per school. And that's not even enough. No, no, no. I think they're they're... I think he made some big promises. It sounds like he was telling everyone it was going to be closer to forty million a year per. There was school. like the forty forty five, and that was that's ridiculous because that's what they were saying when UCLA and USC were involved. Yeah, um, I think he said like fifty. When yeah, he, well, like, and I think uh, from what I understand, Amazon was not super great for uh, the NFL was not super great for Amazon, so he may have been genuinely expecting it to be Amazon coming in with a big offer because they want to really get their sports off the ground. But if they already saw immediate, like not much bump from the NFL, which is a national brand, how much are they going to overpay for Pac-12? They might overpay a little, but are they really going to overpay that much? And are they going to want that full slate of games? That I mean, and that's a, I mean, there's a whole bunch to kind of unpack here, but that's a, that's a key point um, that I feel that you have to, you have to balance money and Klyovkov came in, you lose your two biggest brands, you got to make money. And we're going to talk about like what the Big 12 did, but they set a bar that was lower than what people expected. But is the Pac-12 struggling to get to where the Big 12 already did when they jumped in line and took the early media rights deal? Or they're not above it as much as George Klyovkov was promising, and that's where the issue is? And can you get... Maybe you do get above that bar and you get more money, but the majority of your games are going to be on Amazon. As, as Dave mentioned, I know Amazon still might be willing to pay, but is the NFL happy that their product, which is the biggest, you know, the biggest sport in the United States and everybody's watching and consuming it all you can, same games on Thursdays that you were getting before, ratings were way down. It's just there's less people watching on streaming. Maybe in five years, it wouldn't matter if you put something big on streaming, but there's just a lot of people that if they can't flick, you know, click to it on their remote, um, you know, mostly older people, a lot of younger people, they don't use that at all. I don't know if the distribution is going to be enough or if you're going to get enough eyeballs on the conference if you go purely with or you know, majority with Amazon. So I don't know. Are they balancing that Amazon could have more games? And we're going to talk about adding more teams and you get more inventory so you could add more games and and then you make more money. But are the schools going to be happy that all these tier one games are going to be on a streaming service and up against, you know, CBS or ESPN or Fox? Are you really going to switch off your regular cable or whatever you're watching YouTube TV to go to Amazon Prime to watch this Pac-12 game? I I think there's this whole balance thing going on and I'm not sh- I'm not sure what the right answer is, but they're like you said he made a lot of promises, and I'm just not sure he's going to be able to deliver on them. And the longer it waits, the longer people get restless, and it's just—it's not a good look for the Pac-12, in my opinion. No, and they're not operating from position of strength, which is no. yeah, obviously the hardest part of this. I mean, I, I again, I mean, people are dumping all over Klyavkov, dealt a really, really shitty hand. He was, um, and so 
I think with UCLA and USC involved, maybe he would have been able to pull a rabbit out of his hat. But right now, it's hard to imagine that because they don't have any um, – there's no collective buy-in. There's no collective goodwill to take a chance on something again because they already took a chance on owning their media rights, doing the Pac-12 network and all that kind of stuff, and it bombed. Um, because – so there's a racket involved with media rights, obviously. Um, it's an overpay from all of these networks because they overcharge, right? Like the, the people who want to watch um, Michigan games, like if you, if you cold it out and said, what are you willing to pay a month to watch Michigan games? What would it be like the cost of a streaming service, right? 15 bucks a month. I would, yeah. Like that. Yeah. Instead they're paying whatever, 150 bucks in cable fees for, you know, maybe watching two or three things that they care about. Um, maybe one or two shows on network television and football. Um, if you, you know, went to Pac-12 fans and said, all right, how much are you willing to pay a la carte, you know, just for a streaming service that's purely just Pac-12 football and basketball, what would the average person be willing to do? Um, and the thing is, that number is the true value. <laughs> and yeah. anything beyond that is... Uh, trumped up stuff from overcharging. Um, the thing is, the Pac-12 is the conference that's going to be coming uh, closest to the reality of the interest in their product um, compared to these other leagues quickest because they've had their bluff called. They called their own bluff. They tried to build this interest with the Pac-12 network, and it turned out there isn't. Yeah, There, there isn't that level of interest. There isn't some groundswell. There isn't some ability to leverage um, you know, distri- distributors like DirecTV. None of that exists with the Pac-12. They've proven it. So you have basically have to bank on some cable executive being an idiot, some TV executive <laughs> being dumb. And a lot of them are, <laughs> um, which is why they're probably still going to get more than, you know, what their fair market value actually is. But it's... Uh, a lot of missteps from 10 years ago are coming home to roost right now is yeah. my take on it. Um, you brought up another good point I want to bring, which is weird. I hardly ever say that, that you would bring up a good point. But the I'm, I'm breathing fire today, baby. Klyavkov, you know, Klyavkov was definitely dealt a crap hand. You know, you got to make the best of it. And I think from when this first broke, with June 30th or whatever it was, um, I feel like... I was giving Klyovkov a pass because he he was dealt a bad hand. I think he fixed a lot of stuff. He got the athletic directors involved. Everyone felt like, you know, he fixed the schedule stuff. Like he, you know, I guess he didn't do the officiating stuff. But there was there was a lot of big problems I think he at least addressed. He was personal. He was approachable. He would talk to people. He wasn't ivory tower guy. So he did a lot of stuff better than what um, Larry Scott did. And I sort of gave him a pass, but the the further away we get from this USC UCLA leaving, the more I think about he needed to be less defensive and more preemptive about this. Where Texas and Oklahoma left, right? You knew that this was a possibility, and I think what you you're, what you were talking about was that he was trying to pull a rabbit out of his hat if USC and UCLA could stay, and he really wanted to get this big win. And you kind of have to assume. I mean, obviously USC and UCLA need to stay, so you assume that. But you can't take it for granted. And I don't know how much he did. And I don't know how much he tried to get the L.A. schools to stay. And I don't know much. Maybe he got pushback from the Oregons and Washingtons of like, hey, we're not giving them extra shares or whatever. Yeah. Like it, 
And that was the mentality. I mean, whenever I talked about the brand of USC being like really important to the Pac-12, people would push back on me. They haven't won for a long time or whatever. And I'm like, you know, it's just that's just the reality of it. And now that they're leaving, you kind of see that. So I don't know if he didn't make a move, if the presidents, you know, outside of LA didn't want any sort of, uh, you know, unbalanced agreement. But I'm kind of giving him a little bit more blame for that now because that's really, you know, if you could have kept the LA schools happy, and I think he kind of held on too long to the the thought that UCLA could stay, by, like the the governor, the board of whatever, the board of regents would make them stay. And if that distracted you from any kind of meteorite stuff, if that delayed things, I think that's a problem too. So I, I feel like he was bad at hand, but I think he made some some I significant mistakes. I, I agree. Too. I think that's right. Um, I think some of that is just born out of the desperation, which is... I think the reality, when we're all staring at this two years from now and whatever fall it's come from it, the reality is there wasn't a win possible after a certain point. Um, I think with the, again, with all the setup, with all the last 10 years of proof, proof that nobody gives a shit. Like nobody <laughs> gives enough of a shit to even make DirecTV carry it, let alone um, pay some amount of money for it. Yeah. Um, then, well, okay, there's not that interest. It's already very obviously a regional sport for the Pac-12. And, um, you know, the people who do want to watch it don't even care that much. Like, they're not flooding the phone lines. It's, you know, it's whatever. Um, and then on top of that, you have the two uh, big brands in the media market that's most critical to your success dip, um, you know, the summer before this whole negotiation is supposed to start. Yeah. I don't think there was a win, like a super win. I think the reality is it was, you know, 25 or 30 million a year per school, maybe something like that. And that's not enough for a lot of these schools, but I think you're right. I think Klyavkov, um has spent a lot of time grasping at straws. The, the amount of ink that was spilled about UCLA potentially not going to the Big Ten Holy cow. could have been handled so much earlier uh, just by using, like, just simple logic. I mean, I'm not, one I'm meeting not, I'm not a like genius, jelly. but, like, literally the day after that shit started, it was, <laughs> this is nothing. This is just political <laughs> posturing. It's absolutely nothing. But there was so much ink spilled about this. And then um, they were supposed to have the vote, and then they put it off a month, and it like goes another month. It was just going well, on forever. And you didn't have to talk to anyone too in-depth to understand that like virtually nobody at UCLA was taking this seriously. <laughs> um, nobody thought this was a real thing. It was all a dog and pony show. And the amount of people um, writing about it who didn't treat it that way, and then I think that influenced uh Klyavkov, yeah. uh the Pac-12 office into thinking that there was actual legitimacy to this when there never was. If he apparently like put two different scenarios like this is if UCLA leaves and if this is stays like you're you're using brain power and, to think about something and, that's and not going to happen. And maybe the hope was that they could convince UCLA without pressure from the regents or with that pressure from the regents that was obviously non-substantive if they could convince UCLA to say oh this isn't worth the hassle we're going to stay. But that's also like again, all you had to do was talk to anyone, anyone in the actual leadership at UCLA to understand that was not going to happen. Yeah. The budget situation being what it is, the athletic director being who he is. I mean, this is a guy who doesn't have Pac twelve ties. He has absolutely no sentimentality yep. attached to the Pac twelve. He's looking at it from how do I run my athletic department? I need money. How do I have money? I have to get a TV deal. How yeah. do we get a TV deal? We gotta get the hell out of this league. <laughs> 
<laughs> and there's a lot of realities to it that I find unpalatable unpal- uh, that I don't like about right. the nature of college sports. I know you don't like But it. the reality is there's going to come a time very soon where there's seats at the table and then there's, you know, seats at the dog food and UCLA wants to be one that has a seat at the table. But this was all knowable. Like as much throughout this process, I've said my personal feeling is UCLA shouldn't do this. This is, you know, better to, you know, stick with the the league that you've been in because you'll have a better chance of winning that league than you're ever going to have of winning the Big Ten. Um, the the there's quality of play. There's there's competitive issues with going to the Big Ten, but UCLA is going to do this. They're going to do this. There's there's no ifs ands or buts yeah, about don't it. Waste so, time. It was a real waste of time. The fact that he 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 wasted time at Pac-12 Media Day talking about this, um, just and I I don't think the Regents did Klyavkov or the Pac-12 any favors by continuously dragging this on and on and on through like three different big meetings, each of which was supposed to be determinative in some way, and then they just kept kicking the can down the road. It's just like politicians, but that shows you they had no. There, there was no eagerness to serve anybody's interests here besides their own in posturing. Yeah. And that's – I feel like Leavkov, um maybe has been a little bit too um, – God, what's the word? Um, a little too gullible, a little too like easily swayed, a little too easily, oh, okay, well, maybe that could happen. And not enough of, okay, what's the reality here? The reality yeah. is this league's in bad shape. We need to get the best deal possible right now. Quickness is a priority, too. Um, and it didn't need to be the next month, but it can't be February and you still don't have a deal on the table for any of these schools. Yeah. The the Amazon thing is interesting. And, uh, you know, I've heard some commentary. And there's if you talk to people that are sort of outside the conference, there's a lot of doom and gloom. Is the conference going to die? And then people inside the conference, there's more confidence there. I think one of the points being like, yeah, distribution is not going to be as good on Amazon. Like you're not going to get as many people watching. If the NFL is not getting people and it's the only game on at Thursday night and people still aren't tuning in, are you going to tune in when there's games on all these regular channels that you go to all the time? Or are you going to turn on, you know, Washington State, Arizona State? But it will still be better than the Pac-12 network. Like you still can get it. Like most people have Amazon Prime. So if you're a Pac-12 fan it'll be easily accessible a lot easier than it would be. Hey, I have direct TV. I can't get yep. it. You know, we've heard that for a million times. And then there's still the, the night games. ESPN is going to covet those night games. That's going to be a property that you can, uh, you know, they'll, they'll sink their teeth into a lot of PAC 12 schools don't like it. That basically the thing that's good about you is that you can play when no one else is playing. Um, but like ESPN might be in a big battle with NBC for uh, the, the NBA, um, there's a lot of stuff kind of going on out there in that world. Where do you fall on, hey, if Amazon can get you more money, but they're doing a significant portion of the TV, you know, the tier one rights, is it worth it to take that money? Or is the distribution going to like hurt the conference and recruiting and all that stuff even more, just not getting as much exposure? I, I think I would go with more money at this point. Um, I don't think you can worry about exposure. I think some of these athletic departments are bordering on insolvent, um, insolvent, whichever one. Um, <laughs> and so you, you sort of have to just take the money um, wherever you can get it. And so if it's selling a bunch of tier one rights to um, Amazon and you're getting half the distribution on the best games that you got before, well, 
how many people were watching Oregon Washington outside of the footprint anyway? You know, I mean, and so what are the what are the top tier conference games going to be now? It's going to be Oregon Washington. Um, going to be Utah Oregon Utah, Utah Oregon Washington. stuff involving the Pacific Northwest and. You know, depends on you know what the Arizona schools do, but um, SMU, Washington State, like ASU could be a <laughs> ASU could get some get some juice because that's a big media market. But like, yeah, it's not there's there there's there's only a, a few real marquee national type games. So maybe embrace the regionality a little bit, take the money, and um, you know, Amazon is also. I mean, I know it's a it's a multinational corporation with absolutely no soul, but where is it based? <laughs> Right, Seattle. Yeah, I mean, build around that to an extent. I think you could. Um, I mean, Apple's still a player too. Like Apple could get involved. That's Silicon Valley, right? So. Yeah, and I think you could you could pitch it a certain way. Like, no, we're on the cutting edge. We're doing innovative stuff. It's sort of the same thing Larry Scott was thinking about, but didn't actually execute by putting the yeah. Pac-12 office in San Francisco near a bunch of Silicon Valley uh, idiots. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like you could, but like, you know, embrace these, you know, kind of big, um, you know, internet companies um, who can uh, maybe uh, overpay you a little bit. Um, but I don't even know if that's on the table, frankly. Like, I don't know if Amazon's even going to do that. It sounded like they wanted a much smaller package of games. Um, so th- they just might not have a great deal of options and it might end up being taking the poverty offer from ESPN. Um or, or something like that. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I mean, we'll see how it plays out. It, it, they could still get creative. They could do something, um, uh, you know, with a with some some provider that's looking to get their own juice. Um, because the thing is, like Amazon, what real value does Pac-12 football provide or Pac-12 basketball? I mean, nothing much in the grand scheme of things. But... Uh, what about some streaming service that has some, you know, capital that they can play with that is looking to gain, you know, a little bit more West Coast market share? Well, would they be willing to overpay significantly for something like this? And then you are basically doing what I just talked about, which is charging a per subscriber fee for Pac-12 games. Yeah. Um, and people are actually buying the service to get those games. Because I don't think anyone who doesn't have Amazon Prime is going to do anything besides share a password to watch new games. I mean, you're not going to pay <laughs> a hun- you're not going to pay $120 a year just to watch maybe you will, but you're not going to pay $120 a year just to watch uh Pac-12 football and basketball. But um maybe you'd pay 10 bucks, I mean, it's going to sound the same thing, but 10 bucks a month over 5 months to watch football on, you know, streaming service Quibi or whatever hey, the hell Tubi, it is. Yeah, Tubi has like Super Bowl commercials, like they they must have some cash. Well, that's what I'm saying. Jesus like, had commercials. Jesus has I mean, some cash. Look, I keep hearing uh, like Series A, Series B. I don't know what the hell this shit is, but like people are just throwing money at stupid ass companies in San Francisco all the time. One of those has to be a streaming prov- provider. Hell, like sign up for one of those like stupid, um, uh, fraudulent uh, Bitcoin based <laughs> streaming networks or some shit. Like, who cares? Just get the money. That was the last year's Super Bowl commercial, right? Matt Damon. Like, yeah, yeah. And all the look people how, look how that dropped off the earth. Holy cow. Yeah, shit, man. It's like all that stuff was fake to begin with. You mentioned the game inventory, and then there's been some talk. So the expansion talk, uh, George Klyavkov, fearless leader, uh, was trying to do go incognito and check out, goes to Dallas, check out SMU at a basketball game. I guess they're a terrible basketball program, yeah. too. 
I think it was the Dallas Morning News kind of figured I was going to be there. They had like a photographer. I think I think the athletic was there, but just some guy taking an iPhone picture. But Dallas Morning News had like pictures of him. You know, his disguise was like wearing a baseball hat or whatever it was, you know. But they get word breaks that he's going to be there. He still goes. So I'll give him credit that he didn't like kind of abandon ship. I don't know what this means. Like, are you doing, is this exploratory or is this like, if you're going to be there, you're, this is further down the road. But I think the part of the, I guess maybe disturbing part is like, you're trying to add these, are you trying to add schools before you get the media rights deal? And I think Wilner and some other people have speculated that that's more of a inventory play to get actual more games. So 12 teams, there's more games. You add SMU and, and San Diego state. Now you have, I think it's like 90 games instead of 75 or something like that. And there'll be more games to sell. So you're trying to get more money that way, um, which is a little different than the thought where if you add new pieces to the pot, you know, if, if you add new um, mouths to feed, their their piece of pie, everyone's piece of pie is going to be smaller. So those new mouths need to be able to bring more to the table and make the pie bigger, which I don't think SMU or no, they would do. But it, it, it's kind of, you know, the expansion thing is still going on, but it looks like it might happen before the media rights deal, which to me would be a little concerning. But Well, so it, it sounds ass backwards because that's not our understanding of how these cable rights deals work. Right. Um, and so it might be for maybe, the streaming stuff. And though, maybe, yeah, maybe there's more. a minimum number of, of units they want of a certain product before they're willing even to play. Because, again, when you're talking about Amazon, you're talking about like astronomical uh, money. Um, and so. For them, the it might not be okay. We can eke out a little bit more value with this versus that. It might be well. We want the inventory so we can attract as many different new subscribers as possible to our service. Yeah. So we need to, like, they would love to be involved probably with a with a super conference, but nobody's going to super conference Amazon because they can do it with ESPN and get overpaid. Right. Um. So maybe that's the idea. Um. Or he could also be okay. SMU. I know you're not involved yet. But what's the number at which you would be involved with us? And then see, okay, we're going to pitch you as part of the package then. And if we can get that number, are you going to agree to join us? Um, and maybe that's the deal with them in San Diego State. You know, something like that where, you know, yeah, you're not officially part of the, you know, league. But can we pitch you as part of a theoretical package? Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I I think, again, he's been dealt a tough hand. Don't know that he's played it that well. Um, and it's a shame for, uh, I mean, the rest of the Pac-10 Pac um, because, like, are they going to end up with less money per school, more or less, than uh, what they had really with the last deal? Because what did that, that end up being? About 25 a school, right, I per year? I think so, yeah, like... We're looking at the same similar range, probably. Yeah, and that's just tough with the changing economics of the sport. Um, yeah. So uh, you got to feel for them. I think you know all those schools. They got to do their due diligence and continue to explore their options. Um, Arizona's constantly talked about as a Big Twelve option. Um, Pac twelve North, uh, Northwest, uh, Oregon, and Washington. You know, they actually have some brand value, but. Do they make geographical sense? Do they make current expansion sense? So just a really tough situation for most of the league. Kings fan said, uh, this is scary. Dave is making sense. I put that up on the screen earlier. But he also said he'd pay $10 a month for five months to watch the remaining Pac-12 teams. And like you and I would buy. Um, What's your number? Like my number at which if it wasn't my job, what I would pay per month to watch uh, football and basketball. So basically from whatever that is, August 
through April I or March. Um, I'd probably pay. Jeez, I'd probably pay twenty five bucks a month. Yeah, that's probably. I would think that'd be reasonable. Yeah, but I mean, right now we're paying like forty five to do sling, right? Yeah, well, exactly. And so, like, look at slings prices, and then okay, so what are they? What's the you know? I think a lot of people bought sling. Yeah, so they that, did, and, and that's like forty five. So, what's the diehard viewership of like a typical game? Um, is it like five x the number of seats and people in the stands, something like that? I I don't know. I have but, no idea. Yeah. Um, but okay, I say most of those people buy it a couple hundred thousand times twenty five bucks a month. I mean, we're not talking we're not talking media rights deals, but it's known money that you can kind of I don't know. Yeah, it's tough, dude. Well, you could also sell advertising in that space. Um, yeah, whether or not it you know raises the level. Um, but I think, uh, but like looking at that number, that actually seems like it's a pretty close number to you know, what they're being talked about. Like, I think they're getting close to whatever the true value is. So why not just own the true value? Um, and do something a little bit outside of the norm. The thing is, as I said, at up top, they have no goodwill. George Klyovkov has no goodwill with the schools. I don't know if they're going to go for something that's kind of outside the box. Yeah. Alex says, uh, I'll put it up on the screen. I want to help the Pac-12 put me down for $15 a month. Oh, maybe this that's is- a great idea. They this should is- actually crowdfund. Me. Yeah. Crowdfund to prop up the Pac-12. Yeah. And LFG says, media reported Klafkoff met with San Diego State in December. Yeah. Um, you know, they've definitely talked to San Diego State. There's been some reports of other schools that uh, they've talked to. One of the things, the order, the timing. And you know, if we want to talk about Klafkoff's kind of like didn't play the the not the greatest hand as well as he could have, some of this is out of your control. Like, you have the Big 12 and you have the Pac-12. Like, did, if if Klyovkov could go back in time when the Big 12 was reeling and poach some of those teams that were left, I think he would go back and have done that because he was like, nope, we're good. Well, the problem is you get to, you know, Texas, Oklahoma are gone. So Big 12 was poached first. Now that gave the Pac-12 an opportunity and they passed. But it also gives the Big 12 an opportunity to now get the best available group of five schools. So you get Houston, you get BYU. You get Cincinnati, yeah. was it UCF or whatever? Like, you got the best available group of five schools. So if, and if the event someone else gets poached, the best, you know, the the best options to absorb outside of other Power Five programs are already gone and they're they're off the table. So the Big Twelve sort of was first to that. Um, they got their so they got to replace. You know, they were poached first. They were replaced first. But then another aspect where they outsmarted the Pac-12, and I think when we first heard about this, you're sort of like, why is the Big 12 doing this? They're desperate. Well, I think it's it was a shrewd move to jump ahead of the Pac-12 in the media rights deal and set the bar and set it to $31 million, which people thought were you were getting underpaid. But the Pac-12 was sort of like, hey, we're up next. We have the stage. We're going to get the next meter rights deal. The Big 12 said, nope, we're going. And just kind of jump ahead and do, does it very quickly. And now it's looking like that's really hurting the Pac-12. So this might be playing chess, you know, um, where the Big 12 is like, we're going to go first. Maybe we get a little bit less, but we're gonna, this is going to destabilize the Pac-12 because um, it seems like that's what it's doing. But the order of way, which things happened I think it's important here. Some of it not in the Pac-12 control, but 
They had an opportunity to, to poach the Big 12, and they didn't do it. And then they could have tried to do a media rights deal, but they sort of waited and let the Big 12 jump in ahead of them. So some of that, I think, is on George Klyavkov and the Pac-12, too. Some of it. I would say a lot of this, and this is the part, the shadow game that's being played here is not what the conferences themselves are doing, but what the television networks are doing. The Pac-12 doesn't have a true television partner. Um, the Big 12 has, you know, who did they end up signing with? ESPN, ESPN yeah. and, um, and Fox, I think. Now, so. how much those two networks were like, well, we don't want to pay for uh, Cal and Stanford media rights, but if we can make Big 12 jump the line, get them this amount of money, and then we continue our collusion to prevent the Pac-12 from getting any kind of money from either of us, then we can have you know free poaching of the brands in the Pac-12 that we actually want. Um, because all of this, I mean, let's not be stupid. All of this is being organized around, let's have a couple of super conferences within a few years, and if we have to maintain an ACC in the Big 12 for another 10 because of the intricacies of the ACC TV network or whatever, that's fine. But end of the day, let's have two 2014 conferences. Um, that's obviously where this is headed. It's obviously what they want. Um, it's going to diminish the sport. It's going to be very bad. We don't like it. Um, but this doesn't make sense as the Big 12 and Brent Yormack or whatever the hell his name yeah. is being like, oh, I'm a supervillain evil genius. I'm going to take less money per school just so I can potentially get Oregon and Washington into the conference in three years. No, it's it's the TV network saying, well, we we can we can pay you this, and then we can get you maybe a little bit more per school when we uh, help you poach Oregon and Washington within a couple of years. Yeah, and them saying, yeah, okay. Kings fan says the Pac-12's biggest biggest mistake was not doing whatever it took to get Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah, I mean that was that was way back in the day, but that's true. I did. I I made a little, not a boo boo, but I kind of was being a little. I wasn't wasn't very nice. LFG, who's uh, listens all the time, listens to both podcasts. He said, I'll put his comment up. Wish there was a segment where Dave could break down the in-season improvement by UCLA's talented young hoopers like Bailey, Vince, you, and others. And I put him on timeout in the chat for that. So Wow. <laughs> but I'll put your I was just it was just a joke, but I feel bad he was put on timeout. So I put your your comment up on the screen, but no, this is not a basketball podcast. So when you come back and we'll put up a comment. You can yell at me. Uh so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you did just make us talk about media rights for 40 freaking minutes. I know. And uh, the way I started, so, but there is talk about what's going on. And we always hear J Jason Shear's like kind of involved in this a lot. Like he's, you know, talking about this stuff. I asked him specifically, so I'll tell you what he told me. He says, he doesn't think Arizona would be the first to go. Uh, it needs to, they would need at least one partner. He says, the longer it goes, the worse it's going to be for the conference. Um he thinks that Oregon and Washington are still trying to get into the Big Ten for lesser rates than the other schools. Uh, but there's no commission over there now, so that probably is helpful that Kevin Warren is gone. Um, so they're probably not adding anybody right now. And he thinks the Big 12 might go after Washington and Oregon and kind of go from there. So um, I don't know. I kind of feel like the Pac-10 is going to stay together uh, and probably add. The problem is, like, are you just, you know, Klafkov kind of dug himself a big hole by saying that you know you could get forty five million a school and that that UCLA was going to be worse off if they would have leaving than staying like stuff like that was just like come on dude so if you signed some twenty five million dollar deal you're like okay you weren't going to be worse off yeah so I don't know 
all right. Some other kind of news around the conference. Um, you remember Cam Rising got hurt in the third quarter? I remember Cam Rising got hurt in the third quarter. Of uh, the, uh, the Rose Bowl against uh, mm-hmm. uh, Penn State. So apparently he suffered an ACL tear. And he's talking about trying to return for fall camp. But I don't know. That could be a big one. Yeah, um, that's a tough one. Um, you know, some ACL tears, it seems like guys are getting a little bit faster in their recoveries, but some guys, it still takes like two years before they're still, they're ready to be who they were. Um, yeah, it's going to depend on, you know, um, which leg it was too. Was it his right or his left? going to be plant legs, going to be forward leg. What I, forget, I forget what um, it was, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's there's some factors there. Uh, probably won't be the same player in 2023 that he was in 2022. Um, and he should probably just take a medical red shirt and return in 2024. I don't know if you, some of the Utah fans were just kind of ready. They're very stupid. Don't listen to them. They were ready to move on. You yeah, know? yeah, But no. he's been special and you know when he's healthy. Yeah. And then Pete Thamel came out with a report. So Andy Ludwig apparently um, – uh, Notre Dame was looking to hire him, and he has a two point eight million dollar buyout. So kudos to um, his agent, Utah, and his agent for getting the buyout that big. But um, yeah, there looks like they're passing on it. And uh, this was Pete Thamel originally reporting that. So it looks like Utah's going to keep uh, Andy Ludwig. And with Georgia just lost their offensive coordinator to the Baltimore uh, Ravens, but Notre Dame was going after him. I don't know where Notre Dame goes from here, but um, that's some good news for for Utah. Yeah, it's great. Um, Ludwig's been a good fit there. Um, their offense is pretty good last year, um, even with Cam Rising having some issues, and they're obviously their running back situation um, not really coalescing the way it had in years past. Um, yeah, Notre Dame poverty program. Sadly, uh, they don't have the ability to pay a two million dollar buyout. Get out of here. Um, two point eight. No, sorry. Uh, but also, like, I like Andy Ludwig as a fit at uh, Utah. Uh, why? Why are you even pursuing him, Notre Dame? Like, just he's a good fit there. He's a good fit at Utah. You don't yeah. need to, you don't need Andy Ludwig. A lot of times, Utah just get they just like good fit people, right? Like you just like there's uh, this works. Well, and Notre Dame should have money. Like, what's their deal? Yeah, they should go hire like I don't know. I don't even know if Tommy Reese was that good. Where where he he, went he ended to, up at Bama. He went to Bama, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I don't know. That seems like a weird. I don't think Notre Dame fans were super happy with him either. No. Um, we also had some breaking news last week too. So Oklahoma, Texas, they've now signed a deal. So they're leaving. I think they're leaving. It was like a hundred million dollars behind or something. Yeah. So but the, they get to go to the SEC in 2024. So 2024 idea, will be when every, that's what you want. That's when everything is changing. Expansion. It's when the college football playoff. It's yeah. The, uh, the big the, brands leaving. The big brands leaving. So it'll be the first year of the, I don't know, prenatal, uh, super conferences. Um, there'll be 16 each. It won't quite be the, uh, the 24 that they will soon be, but, um, yeah, it'll be ass. We'll all hate it. I'm, I'm <laughs> guaranteeing you so many of you who are like, yeah, this is great. Are going to fucking hate this so much. Like Ryan. No, not so much. Um, I keep getting asked like what we're going to do. So we have, so in a few months, it will be like a one year countdown, right? Like mm-hmm. it's July. Is it July 1st? I think is that the day yeah. that the schools leave? Um, yeah. Like the one month countdown. I mean, a one year countdown. We got to figure out some things for this season. Um, the last year of it all being together. Um, and I mean, we're definitely going to cover the season like we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the question, like, it's still like I, I'm going to have to think about logistically how, still how we're going to do it. Because as much as you might think you want us talking about Cal football on this program, 
um, like what does it make sense and in what context does it make sense um we talked about like maybe doing two different shows we've talked about a few different things um but schedules come into it and it's just we got to figure it out um and Is if it... the pack 10 stays together it'll be easier like yes. if the pack 10 stays all together where it's 10 schools and we can talk about them because then we could just literally just divide up the show we could do a pack 10 show every week and then we could do the ucla usc aspect and then like the funny bit about like we don't know what any of these big 10 programs are but that didn't stop us from covering the pac 10 right um (laughs) but uh if it if it all blows up and if arizona and arizona state are in the big 12 and cal and stanford and cal and stanford are you know in division three and you know utah is back in mountain west and colorado is an independent and there's like a mini conference in the Pacific Northwest that plays like a three game conference <laughs> schedule and then plays, you know, five other games against the Mountain this West. This is apocalyptic for the like, but like, <laughs> but like, if, if something nonsensical happens, then what are we doing? Like, yeah. how, how are we? We could still talk about all those teams, just not at a, the same conference. It's just, there would be no coherence to it. And right. like, as much as I make fun of your news stuff, it's generally based around some coherent themes. So anyway, we'll need to think about it. For sure. And it's, uh, and just, you know, this, I know we joke about it, but this does actually take time and resources. And I, it's more of a labor of love than anything, but like, it's definitely not a labor of money making. So, and that's the other thing is like, if we were going to do two shows a week, like, I don't know, we'd have to start, we'd have to start like a Patreon or something. And that sounds like just gross to me. Uh, yeah, you know, I've never like people do it. I, I mean, I don't begrudge anybody for doing. I, it. I mean, I'm saying it right now, and in like six months, if we decide to go that route, we're going to start one. Yeah. Um, but Eric, it's, Eric says David barely wants to do the POC. I don't see him doing. So that's the thing. Like, it's all a bit. I, I like. I look forward to doing this. This is like one of the more enjoyable parts of my week. Um, but I do enjoy it. But it does but take like, work. It does and... take a lot of work. Like, I mean, as much as we joke, like I watch. <laughs> I watch so much Pac-12 football <laughs> that I don't need to watch. Like, I take time away from being with my children to watch Oregon State play Washington. Like, I do that, and there's no relevance to me. Like, I've done ga- – I have I watch games between two teams that UCLA isn't even playing that year. My job is to cover UCLA. Yeah. I do this for fun. Um, but it, it becomes much harder when you add other teams that they're going to be playing. Like, it's – the beginning parts of the season for us are a, a, fun, but – a Big pain in the ass because we're oh watch God. like twelve games. There's tw- like um, it's not like two teams playing each other. Like, but to- if every week is like that, it becomes insane. Yeah. Um. So anyway, we got to figure that out. Yeah. Uh. Why don't we do this? Let's take a quick break and we can come back and answer some questions. All right. Um, Scott said a uh, comment about that why we should keep going on. I think uh, the relevance of Oregon State, Washington is that you can make beavers plus Penix jokes. Or exactly. Penix, Penix jokes. jokes. Yeah. Penix. But that's only that's only going to last for so long. He's only going to be around like another year or something. So it didn't uh, stop us from making Jake Browning jokes for like three years after he left. Yeah. Uh, that's true. We did that. What for is it with Washington quarterbacks? There's just something about them. Yeah. Uh, Alex says, uh, there are streets in L.A. Now named for all the uh, teams in the Big Ten do remote simulcasts on each street. Oh, <laughs> could do that. Um, 
It'll be fun though when we when uh, this this show goes to the Big Ten to some extent, and we do our Big Ten version of the show oh, where we interview. No, but we do an interview with each Big Ten site publisher and just ask them like the most asinine questions. Yeah, like Wisconsin. So what is it with the cheese? Yeah, <laughs> we're just a couple of couple of guys from LA. Do you have the internet there? Like- <laughs> <laughs> just be the biggest assholes never get any any listenership from any of those people True. they will hate us so much it'll be just like this yeah uh did lfg go away did i really make a mad sorry my again my apologies if uh i put them on timeout all right now for my favorite part of the show what did i say talk to the audience oh god this is always death nice all right where are we we got a uh voicemail all right i'll start with that Hey, what's up, guys? It's Burke. Um, just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on the whole situation with Jalen Rashada, and just kind of um, whether you got how you guys see his um, Arizona State career playing out. Um, just because I know it seems like a lot of NIL money coming in, and then um, just kind of historically with recruits that go through that route of picking a bunch of schools before settling on one. Their careers don't tend to go very well. Um, I know Peyton Bowen kind of did the same thing going with Notre Dame to Oregon, to Oklahoma, and you know, not to sound like a complete boomer, but I can't really see their careers panning out, being solid three or four-year contributors unless they're started from day one. So just want to know um, what your guys' thoughts were on the Jalen Rashad situation and you know if you think we're going to see more of this moving forward. Thanks, guys. Um, at, uh, more of this going forward, like guys getting screwed and then – uh, taking a no money offer from the hometown schools where your dad went, because uh, like the, the the way I see read this story is it's sure okay if you want to read it a certain way as like oh this kid was really greedy and all that kind of stuff like he's not forcing these pe- these schools to throw fake money offers at him like, yeah I mean no. if you're a eighteen year old and shit if you're an eighteen year old's family. And some school is offering to pay your kid $13 million to go to college in a sport for a sport where you have no guarantee of being a professional athlete. Of course, you're going to take that. Yeah. And then you get to signing and they pull the offer and you still sign because you're an 18 year old kid who makes dumb decisions. Like, and as I talked about, and I'm not saying that meanly, like, once they pull that offer, as a grown-up, as an adult, you say, oh, dull birds, I'm out of here. Right, um, yeah. He still signs um, and then gets out of it. But, like, it just shows, like, the emotional maturity of the kids you're dealing with. Like, it's not – this isn't – this is kind of gross, like, the the lack of regulation of this stuff because – that's just totally allowed to happen. That's totally above board. Um, they had out clauses in that contract that made it uh, essentially legal to do this to him. Um, and it's, you know, you can look at it and say, well, he's, you know, just a four-star quarterback. He really tanked in his last year, so it makes sense, and it's the economics of the sport. But also, like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, it's uh, you know, it's, it's, um if if he had been able to market himself as the I don't know what was he the twentieth best quarterback in his class thirtieth best quarterback in his class by the time he was done, he might have been able to pull fifty or hundred grand a year from some school. 
the end of the day, he had to get desperate and just say, ASU, will you take me? And they said yes. And I don't think he's even getting any money, according to that um, athletic so. story. So it's just um, – I really hope we don't see more of this. Um, and I, not the big money offers, though I think that will get worked out in time too. But there really needs to be some some duty and obligation on behalf of the schools, on behalf of the people offering this money, and it needs to be enforced that you have to commit something to the players beyond a really shitty, poorly written contract that, um, and also, I mean, he was done a real disservice by who the people who were negotiating his contract. But if you read the story, the people negotiating his contract were affiliated with the NIL brokers who were giving him the money. Yeah. Um, so there was just a lot of gross stuff here. Um, as for his career, uh, I hope he does well. I mean, I think this is a big albatross to be hanging around your neck when you're starting your college career. And, He's not the can't-miss five-star. Um, he's a four-star with upside. Um, and, you know, I'm not – I've, I've never seen him in person play. Like, I have no idea what kind of player he is, but I'm going to trust the judgment of uh, the guys who do this for a living, you know, Brandon Huffman, Greg Biggins, those guys, and say, yeah, he has a chance, but yeah. we'll see. Um, it's not It's not a, a, a done deal that he's going to be some superstar, and it's um, – it's it's uh it's it's unfortunate that his beginning part of his career it, it, you know you got the high hopes that you're going to basically make it in college like you're going to have the 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 money to do whatever you want after college from you know being a good high school prospect and all that stuff you can get it yanked away from you and maybe it wasn't realistic to begin with but then you can't even leverage what you did do in high school to get you know the 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 measly sum of money that you might have otherwise, you know, the 50 or a hundred grand that a, you know, a typical four-star quarterback might be commanding these days. And I think the good thing is that, you know, I don't, you don't, like you, you said, you do 18 year old kids going to make dumb decisions and not understand things, but you would now have some sort of recourse, right? Like before, if a booster, and I think this happened all the time, if a booster's like, Hey, you come here, you're going to get 50 grand. And then I'm going to give your mom like a house or pay her you know, electricity bill. And then they don't like, what are you going to say? Like, Hey, NCAA, they told me they were going to pay me. Like, no, you can't do that. Um, now you can get out of things. And this is, you know, it, this is a perfect example of that. Now he didn't get any other money, but he at least got out of, if the reason he was going there was for money and the money wasn't there, now he can go somewhere else. Yeah. And, and in the end market forces, like I, I, like I'm not so much of a socialist that I don't believe they don't exist, but <laughs> it takes a while. Like, the thing is, like, yeah, word of mouth might be now that, uh, yeah, Florida's NIL program is bullshit. And, you know, uh, don't sign there unless you can get it, like, unless you can get upfront payments or something. Um, but that doesn't help Jaden. Like, it's not like it, it's, it's, th that doesn't do anything for him now. Yeah. Um, that word of mouth is, is due to his experience. Um, so it's just unfortunate. Um, and yeah, I mean, okay, you, you can choose not to sympathize with a guy who was going to make $13 million and now he won't. Like, you can be like, oh, well, that's a really hard life. It is. It kind of sucks. And it also kind of sucks. Like, there's a lot of upside to being an athlete in college. Yeah. It also kind of sucks if you're not a surefire NFL prospect. You still have to take nothing but bullshit classes and don't get uh, a, lot of, a lot else out of your college experience aside from practicing football. Like... He was painted a bad light too. It's just, you know, yeah, there's just a lot that kind of sucks for again an 18 year old who's just again, even after they told him you're not gonna make that money, he still signed with that program. 
Like that's. I not, didn't. I didn't realize that part of it. Yeah, no, that was. I think that was the whole thing. Is that he? He still did, and then he had to get it uh, taken back. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So it's just. I don't know. There's a lot of uh, nasty, ugly stuff about this, and I. You would hope for some more regulation. Um. Soon that. Um. Well, really, what you would hope for is that the schools can pay the players and they can do it with booster money funneled through and that nobody gives a shit whether it's an inducement or not. Right. Um, and hopefully that happens soon. Yeah. We, I'm sorry. We have some uh, major breaking news in the Pac-12, the Conference of Champions. I know David, I'm sure, is all over this, probably retweeted uh, Adam Rittenberg saying that Oregon announced Alik Terry as its new offensive line coach. Terry was an assistant defensive line coach with the Minnesota Vikings in 2022. Former offensive line coach at Hawaii and a graduate assistant at Oregon under Mario Cristobal in 2019 and 2020, replacing Adrian Clem. So big news. We, maybe we should reshoot the whole podcast so we can talk about this at the top. All right. What's our next question? Uh, we had a tweet from Mr. Linkod. Uh, defense seems harder to recruit and execute in the college game or at least in the Pac-12. Why is that? Is it even true? Do you think it's harder? Um, the Athletic did an interesting story, at least for like, I mean, this is a smaller sample. It was like the two teams in the championship or something like that, whatever. But there was a, they showed there was a, a stronger correlation between star high school stars and NFL success for defensive players than there were offensive players. Um, so like your five-star defensive end coming out of high school, you're probably going to be like, you know, really good in the NFL where it wasn't the same for offensive players, but. I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I mean, I think there have been um, uh, there, there's certainly been more innovation offensively of late. Um, I think defenses have generally defensive coordinators have generally responded with just running a lot of nickel. Um, and, you know, basically everyone's base different defense now is either a four, two, five or a three, three, five. Um, and so I guess or a two, four, five in some cases. Uh, so I, I don't know. I think it ebbs and flows. I would say offensive innovation at the uh, at the collegiate level, as of you know, ten years ago, was certainly there was more in the in the college ranks than there is in the NFL. But from what I understand, and I don't watch a whole load of NFL, um, we know you don't watch the Super Bowl. The offensive innovation has certainly gotten a lot better. Um, yes, in the NFL. So I don't know if that's the explanation. I think you could also say, well, in the NFL that offensive innovation can be countered with the level of athleticism defensively. Um, whereas on offense, you know, you can get by with scheme to a greater extent. Yeah. So maybe, you know, at the college level, there's only a couple of programs nationally that can accumulate the level of athleticism necessary to contend with modern offenses. Whereas at the NFL level, everyone in the top half of the league has that level of athleticism. Yeah. Um, that would probably be my explanation if there is a true distinction here. But again, I don't, I don't watch that much NFL, so I don't really know. Yeah, no, I think that sounds fair to me. Um, I think we only have a few emails. The love of the game is one. I think that's our first one, if I'm not mistaken. All right, uh, this is from Amy. Uh, love of the game. Uh, greetings to you both. When did the love of money overtake the love of the game? It is so frustrating when attending a game live to have the momentum completely stopped because, oh, we need a commercial break. Although it was in my favor the last game when Utah played Penn State at the Rose Bowl. But if I were a Penn State fan, I would have been even more pissed. I'm sure there was a time when local channels started showing football games in their entirety. At what point did the materialistic, capitalistic, greedy TV executive say, nope, the game can wait while I cash in on a commercial? 
Why isn't the game most important? Rant away. Thanks again, Amy. Interesting. You know, we're, we're both not soccer fans. Correct. But they show that they just have 45 minutes mm-hmm. plus the the arbitrary extra time, which I think is stupid. But anyway, um, and they don't show commercials. True. Uh, our games tend to have more breaks, but we also create commercial, like, you know, when you change possessions or whatever, like, but we do put those commercials in there and like there's media timeouts at basketball games. Like, Oh, you get under 12 minutes, media timeout, um, things like that. I don't know when, I mean, I think, Sports are as big as I mean, they the basket. The basketball timeouts have been a thing for as long as I can remember. Yeah, like I don't remember a time when there weren't media timeouts. This and, is all. Yeah, this is always. And been honestly, important. with basketball, it's like, it's it's how, it's in a lot of ways how the sport is structured. Like there are strategies around how you use the timeouts. Yeah, I'm like, not going to call timeout because it's uh, well, 8:07 and but we have a like, media timeout. Yeah, that and then also your subbing patterns, like stealing breaks for guys where they don't actually. They're not actually off the floor for very long uh, from a game time standpoint, but they're off the floor for five full minutes. Um, like there's stuff like that you can do if you're really good at managing the clock in basketball. In football, yeah, it sort of depends on the television partner that's broadcasting the game. If it's a nationally televised game, you're going to have a whole lot longer commercials. They're going to be longer. They're going to be more of them. Uh, if it's the Pac-12 network, it's a little bit, little bit quicker. A little bit quicker product. It um, is. Yeah, that's true. But this, like, yeah, I mean, I'm older than Dave, and um, it's been going on. Like, I don't remember games that didn't have – I mean, the commercials are, are greater than sometimes you see, like, a kickoff and then a commercial. I mean, like, touchdown, a commercial, kickoff, and another commercial. And I've talked to people, I think it was at Fox, and they were like, you, you have to have a certain amount of commercials per – quarter or whatever it is so like they'll do that sometimes if they've like just if had there's a been long... too much continuous play yeah and i don't so i'll be totally straight i don't care i don't mind it i don't mind commercial breaks in football i don't mind it in basketball um i think when you're in the stands it probably bothers you more um yes. if you're sitting there in the heat and you're just watching the game and then you got to sit there and, and that guy with nothing, the sign on the nothing, sidelines there, says like two minutes well, and there's and no seconds. sensory input you're not getting some stupid commercial for like Viagra. You're you're just <laughs> watching, uh, you know, uh, the band play the same song they've played a million times and nothing else. Um, so I, I can imagine that being a little bit boring. Um, but other than that, I mean, I like the breaks in the play in basketball. I like the breaks in the play in football. Um, it's a good time to digest a little bit what you watched. Um, Baseball, you have that break anyway. Like the pitcher needs to get warmed up. Like I don't think it adds that much. For baseball no because everyone no. has to come off the field everyone's going you know they're coming on the pitcher gets warmed up so i mean it's longer than what you would really need but you know the players are throwing ground balls like that's more natural i guess those breaks yeah i mean i honestly um maybe it's quaint but like commercials are among the least offensive uh forms of capitalism to me like it's the one that makes the most sense Okay, you want to hawk your product? Okay, do it in a television break of some nationally televised game. That makes sense. Like I, and yeah, it's you know a bunch of multi nats mostly uh, selling their stuff in these commercial breaks. But like, how are you supposed to sell stuff? How are you supposed to get things in front of people? And um, so I don't, I don't find it that contemptible. I don't find it that annoying. Um, It's just you know the reality. If I want to watch this game on a slick broadcast with you know good announcers because as much as we talk shit most of them are pretty good um 
and I want to see good graphics and I want to see a good studio show and I want to I want to get good analysis throughout the game and I'm not paying beyond my cable bill for this. Well, okay, so I got to pay a little bit with my eyeballs too for two minutes in the middle of the game every 10 minutes. That's fine. And I mean, television is what made these sports as big as they are, right? Like if you go back and look at like what the first Super Bowl was like, you know, in the Coliseum, um, you know, they weren't even selling out. Like television helped these sport, all these sports become huge. And that's why you have these big media rights deals. And to do that, they have to sell stuff during the games and they have sponsorships for segments or whatever it is. Um, that's just kind of a big part of, of how these sports became the way they were. I mean, in my lifetime, they didn't even like the NBA finals was like on tape delay for part of it or something like that's think about that, how crazy that is. And yeah. now, I mean, not now it's not so, but to get you to get that growth, like the, your television is not doing that for free. They got to make some money. So yeah, I, I'm with Dave. Like I don't have a, I'd rather see a little bit shorter breaks and stuff sometimes, but um, yeah, not that big of a deal. We have a question from Coach B, uh, Oregon State wide receiver room. Hey, my dudes, actual football question for you. I've been hearing a lot of national chatter about the quarterbacks in the Pac-12, and specifically how the Beavs were a quarterback away from being even more special last year. Assuming DJU pulls a bow next, does Oregon State have a wide receiver room to keep up with Washington, USC, and the rest of the quarterback of the quarterback conference? We all know. They can run over every defense they see, but can they keep up in a boat race if it comes down to it? Follow-up question, is it realistic to get my hopes up for Oregon State playoff bid? Thanks, as always, Coach B from San Diego. I actually reached out uh, to Carter, Carter Bonds, who is a beat reporter for our our, our girl Angie up there at beaverblitz.com. And literally, as I was reading this, he wrote me. Do you want me to read what he said? I asked I'd him about I'd love for this. you to. Okay. Because I'd have to pretend to know anything about Oregon State. I figured receivers. I was like, well, I was like, oh, I remember reading this. I'm like, crap! I sent this to Carter earlier, but he just got back to me. Perfect timing, Carter. Sorry if I didn't get back to your time. Uh, okay, with regards to the wide receiver, it feels like Anthony Gould and Silas Bolden are good enough to help DJU take care of the offense, uh, take the offense to the next level, as they really broke out last year and have some of the best speed of the position in the Pac-12. But outside of that. There's really no proven talent in the room and some legitimate questions about a lack of depth. The Beavs are going to be relying on at least one or two incoming freshmen to step in and contribute right away, which isn't something that has typically been a recipe for success at Oregon State. So overall, I'd say DJ will have two great targets with the potential for John Dunmore, another guy or two, or young guy or two, to break through. But whether or not that'll be enough is the question. And yes, I think it's realistic. He's talking about the playoff. Not the most likely outcome, but if we believe the Beavs got better this offseason, then it has to be in play. They obviously need to win the conference to have a shot. And even then, it's entirely possible that they'd have a loss or two considering how tough the Pac-12 will be at the top. I'd say the ceiling for this team is 11-1, and riding DJ, pulling a bone next, like you said, which would put them right there in the conversation. But again, I'd be more willing to bet on 9-3 and or 10-2. and Uh Thanks, Carter. Good stuff. That's great. Thank you for answering that because uh, we would have struggled. <laughs> I wouldn't have known those names or any of that stuff. I knew Silas Bolden yeah. and Anthony Gould. Um, but if you'd asked me anything specific about either of them, mm, mm, no, no, no. Sorry. Incorrect. Uh, all apologies for actual football talk. Yeah, we don't do that. Knowledgeable Sorry. things. Sorry. Yeah. No, we but uh, Coach B, hopefully that helped. 
All right. Uh, last one. This is from JNNY. Uh, one, what conference will current Pac-12 schools be in in 10 years? Okay. All right. Ooh, I like this. So the year is 2033. Yes. Uh, this will be nine years after UCLA and USC entered the Big Ten. Yes. Okay. So that's about where Nebraska is now, right? In the Big Ten? Or they're 10 years now? They're like... Or 11 or 12 now, They're more they? like 14 or something. Jeez Louise. Yeah. Time World. keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Um, all right. Um, the media deal, whatever it end up, ends up being, will be in its, you know, probably have been renegotiated already. Yeah. I think it's like a seven or eight. If year. the Pac-10 still exists. Okay. All right. Uh, let's start at the top. Washington, where are you? Um, in the Big Ten Super Big Conference. Ten. <laughs> Washington, Oregon, Big Ten Super Conference. Uh, Washington State. You want to just West. lump them, Washington State, Oregon State? Um, yeah. Mountain West? Mountain West. Okay. Cal and Stanford. In the Big Ten Super Conference. I kind of think so. and if, I, But I think it's like feast or famine. They're either in the Big Ten Super Conference or they're in Division Three. They or don't Ivy even. League. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Utah, Mountain West. Or are you going Big Ten Super Conference? Or are you going mm, Big? Are you going uh, th- Big Southern Super Conference with SEC and Big 12's merger? Do you think there's like a? Could there be a Big Twelve like Mountain West merger where it's like a, maybe like just do like a Big Western? Poll? I think they're in something like that. Okay, well, if that's the case, then do Oregon and Washington go to the Big Ten Super Conference, I or do they so. stay in the West? No, I think they they go. Okay, so they're in the Big Ten Super Conference. Uh, do Cal and Stanford stay in the Mountain West Big 12, or do they go to... No, they're either... I think they're Big 10 or they're... Big out. 10 or bust. All right, I'm yeah. going to say Big 10. I'm going to say they want the West Coast brand. I think UCLA and USC beg them, beg the Big 10 eventually to get yeah. more West Coast presence so they don't have to deal with the road trips and, anymore. And if we do have like a Mountain West Big 12, then I think Oregon State and Washington State would be in that. True. They're in the Mountain West Big 12. Yeah. Okay. All right. Utah goes to the Mountain West Big 12. Colorado, Colorado goes to the Mountain West Big 12, and the Arizonas go to the Mountain West Big 12. I think so. I think they'd all would. Okay. And then USC and UCLA are Big 10 Super Conference. So it's UCLA, USC, Cal, Stanford, Oregon, and Washington in the Big 10 Super Conference. Everyone else in the Big 12 Mountain West uh, Super Conference. Yeah. I, I, I think that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And so there will be three, basically, and the ACC will get chopped up by the Big 10 Super Conference and the SEC Super Conference. Yeah. But their their media rights deal still won't even be done by then. If but, this feels like the countries in 1984, uh, <laughs> Eurasia, East Asia, and Oceania, that's because it is, and this is dystopian. Um, and How do you even remember that? I may have read that book so long ago. I don't even know if I got it right, but yeah. Um, <laughs> that's a book I never felt any, any, any compulsion to reread. But you... What, that's a tough one. That's a tough read. Because I read that, like, this was... Yeah, but, I read it in like whatever ninth grade. But you were that was already after 1984, correct? Like I read it like before 1984. Oh wow! <laughs> I forget you're old. Yeah, I'm old. Um, yeah, no. Uh, Why the, would you read it the, after the thing where they put the, his face in the cage and it's like the rats are going to eat his face or whatever? Oh my god! Yeah. Tough, tough to handle, man. Mm. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, he has they made, one more. They, they made us read some fucked up shit. Um, two, is it time to hit? Panic button on media rights negotiations. Do yep. I, have, do yep. I have a panic button? It's been time. Do I have a panic button? I don't know. Uh, don't do that. I don't have that. That's not a panic button. <laughs> uh, knock, knock. Who's there? 
Wow. Austin Powers. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't think it's panic. Yeah, dude, it's panic. It's panic time. I'm trying to calm the masses here. No, I mean, obviously panic. it's panicking. It's not good. Yeah, I feel like a politician. Like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah, you're the Iraqi minister of uh, propaganda. Yeah. Um. Jeez, I'm an idiot. Yeah. Wow, you're just throwing out things that are nonsensical non sequiturs. We're panicking here. We're panicking. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap things up for our. Is it? Our Valentine's Day. Hey, we need nothing? a screenshot. We need a screenshot. Smile with your. But it's in front of your face. Yes. Are you uh, Are you watching that stupid uh, zombie show? I don't have HBO, so no. But I saw your tweet where it's basically like The Walking Dead. Yeah, well, that's what I was wondering, because you watched The Walking Dead way past anyone should have. No, I mean, I stopped seasons ago, but... Yeah, but you watched it way past anyone should have. Like Once six like seasons. Rick was gone, then I was like, I'm out. Yeah, like, yeah. so you were way I, past... I hung any- on for Rick. I was there for a season and a half, mostly because I'm a sucker for anything apocalyptic. So I, I love apocalyptic stuff, yeah. Here's my biggest pet peeve with it, and it's my biggest pet peeve with all these stupid shows. Yeah. Is like, all right, Rick at the beginning of The Walking Dead, right? He sleeps through the part that's cool. Like he's he's in a coma. Yeah, that, that right? was like the device to get you to like, sure. we're all being introduced to the what the apocalyptic world is together. Right, right. But we're yeah. introduced to the apocalyptic world. We're not introduced to the apocalypse happening. So 28 days later, same thing, that movie. He's literally in a coma for 28 days. So we don't see any of the cool shit happening. Uh, all we see is it's a desolate wasteland. That's the whole thing. And then this stupid show, it's like 45 minutes of Cracker Jack action in this first episode, okay. right? Where it's like building great pace. There's creepy stuff going on. Was it the Last of Us? Is yeah, and it's it's all really good. And then it's you see the, the Chiron go on the screen 20 years later, and I'm like, I'm out. I don't care. <laughs> I don't want to see interhuman conflict. I don't want to see the fascist new government or whatever. I want to see what happens when the zombies start eating people and people are freaking out and there's still a lot of people left around. How does it actually collapse? I want to see World War Z done right. I think Fear of the Walking Dead did that somewhat, where there were like the police are like, hey, you got to go here. And like there was like they were still trying to keep, I think. No, no, exactly. And I watched like three episodes of that stupid show. And then it also jumped ahead. It also time jumped. Oh, uh, okay. But I think in the beginning you were seeing the sort of yes. like. No, that was trying to. Like- yeah, but then it jumped ahead, and it's the same problem The Walking Dead ran into. Um, first, it's based on a comic, and second, um, it's a uh, budget. They don't have the budget to do it because it requires a whole lot more extras. It requires a whole lot more um, different scenes. Like you have to have different sets and all this other stuff. Okay. Whereas that's why The Walking Dead spent like a season and a half on a friggin' farm because uh, they spent all that money. We need to use it now, yeah. um, but. Just do, like, did you ever read World War Z? Yes, I did. I actually read that. And it was... The movie was stupid because it was not actually the book. The book was, like, little pieces of, like, people's lives. Yeah, it was written like uh, a Stephen Ambrose or a Suds Terkel, like, uh, military history or, like, uh, oral history. Yeah, you were following, like, the the soldiers that were, like, running out of ammunition just because they were trying to kill so many things. But you could do a really bomb show. With World War Z. Like, you could do something that was really, really cool, actually documenting, like, all this kind of stuff. And it sounds ridiculous. Like, who cares? But (laughs) but it's way, way more fun to watch that stuff than it is to watch, oh, wow, this this person was really broken by the apocalypse, and now they're an evil person 20 years later, and they're going to actually be the real monster now, not the monsters. And it's like, 
Nobody needs that. We've seen that theme so many times. It's boring as hell, and nobody likes it. It's not enjoyable. Just, I want to see, I want to see this zombie try to eat this person's face, maybe succeed, and then try to eat another person's face. And then how do you stop the person from eating the other person's face? Yeah. I want to see that part of it, like the beginning part. With the zombie land, wasn't there, you sort of get in the beginning of it, like when he like brings that cute girl into his apartment and then she turns into a zombie and like starts to eat him and stuff. There's a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, we have a comment on this. Uh, Eric, what about the movie Outbreak or Contagion? They show the shit hitting the fan. Exactly my point. We've got that for <laughs> plagues. We've got it for <laughs> pandemics. We don't have it for the zombie shit. We need that. Like the, oh, wow. Okay. Indonesia, they've got this thing that's uh, making people mushrooms or whatever. And then, um, oh, wow, they bombed Indonesia. And the panic's starting. Like the panic's starting at home. And yeah. like... If you want to show me that beginning of fascism where there's like a bunch of like food riots and all that kind of stuff as people are like, no, we can't eat anything with like mushrooms in it. But then people start getting sick at home. That whole thing. I want to watch that. I don't want to watch. <laughs> oh, it's uh, we're in we're in uh, fascist St. Louis and uh, this lady's mad and uh, and uh, she's going to actually bring about the doom of her entire civilization because she's mad about something stupid. It's dumb. And it's it's dressed up as if it's smart. It's dressed up as if it's like, oh yeah, this is really riveting stuff. Do you know that humans can be evil even if there are monsters around? Yeah, who gives a shit? That that's what that whole thing is like. Humans are bad too. Yeah. Kings fan says Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead was cool comedy though. I want to see yeah. this done seriously. Like I want to, I like this is one hundred percent my thing that has never been done right ever, nice. except yeah. in book form. World War Z did it absolutely correct. I did like that. I would say the Dawn of the Dead that Zack Snyder did, the one where they go to the um, the mall uh, with uh, um, Ving Rhames. The, it was like 2004. Oh. It was like Zack Snyder's like first thing, uh, maybe his only good thing. And it was really fun. It was really yeah, fun. And yeah. it was kind of the breakdown of everything um, and the beginning stages of it. Um, and again, they had to isolate in a particular set, but it was it was good and it was well done. And the beginning stages of it were really funny. Um, I want to see that. I want to see it in a show, and I want to see it extended over a long period of time. There was one. I think it was on like CNN or Discovery or something like that. There was a couple of years ago. It was sort of like, uh, God, I forget the name of the show, but it was something as simple as like the power went out. Do you remember this? It was mm -hmm. like for two weeks, and people like so New York City, like people are actually like basically like okay, say a terrorist attack. I don't remember yeah. what it was. To turn the power off, like people would literally die. Like you can't get gas anymore. Like all your ATM stuff doesn't work. If you have no water or food in your house, like now you're going out trying to get it. And like two weeks later, like people are dead, you know, because the, the power was out, not yeah, well, because of anything else. But, and there and was, that was kind of cool to show like there, how that started to break down. They and, like, did a show and it was on like network television though. So again, ran into budgetary issues. It was like an ABC show after Lost where it was all about – um and this is a, a genre of like uh, science fiction, which is like the EMP attack or something like that, where okay. it just knocks out all the power in the country. And then what happens when you get thrown back into, you know, 1800s um, technology, but we're modern people, right? None of us know how to farm. None yeah. of us know any of this stuff. Um, Alex says they're not paying Patreon for this. We, <laughs> we never asked you for Patreon. This is the whole part of the show. <laughs> At least it's not Disney princesses. We're talking about no, apocalyptic stuff. But like, this is cool. But you could do that show right too. Like there's, there's like again, 
Nobody wants to see you fast forward. Nobody wants to see this fast forward to 20 years from the apocalypse and see it all rebuilding, except for Station Eleven. But Station Eleven did a really good thing, which was balance the story that these auteurs want to tell about like how does civilization recover from apocalypse with half the episodes being about the apocalypse itself. Um, you got to actually show the thing. Don't don't just show the aftermath because it gets boring very quickly. Yeah. I can't find uh... – I forget what that show was, if someone in the chat remembers, but it was like Nat Geo or CNN or something. It was just, it was like just basically like showing, like, hey, this is what could happen if the power goes out. And where you don't realize, like, people really could die. Um, so I thought that was a little bit more yeah, closer to what you want. All right. Well, we should wrap things up on this Valentine's Day. Yeah. Uh, we went like longer than I thought. Well, um, I had, I had, I had some things to get off my chest there at the end. I like it. It was good. Um, Good stuff. But yeah, so that uh, over there is uh, David David Woods. I am Ryan Abraham. We're the podcast of champions. Keep sending us in the emails, voicemails, whatever. Let us know what you want us to talk about. If it's, you know, apocalyptic movies and TV shows, we can do that. Or Pac-12 stuff, big breaking news like Oregon getting a new offensive line coach, all that kind of stuff. We love to do it. So for David Woods, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. And we will talk to you next time. Goodbye.